Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, message titled, Losing Jesus. Ooh, never a good thing, right? To lose Jesus. And it says, verse 41, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. Now, this is interesting as well, because apparently Mary made it her practice every year, it says, to travel with Joseph to Jerusalem for the Passover, 100 miles away, if you remember. I mean, that, that journey is, is quite a journey. And it would be every year that a caravan of men and maybe some families would be traveling from Galilee and they would all kind of go together. It was kind of a big, you know, everybody, let's, we're all going the same way. We're all going the same direction. So everybody would kind of get into this big caravan of, of people and they would sing songs and they would camp together and they would make their way down there to Jerusalem and they would be there to celebrate the feast. Jerusalem, being a city of a couple hundred thousand, would swell to well over a million during Passover. People from all over the world coming to celebrate the Passover. Mary and Joseph, obviously devout in their worship, made this trip with their family and made it a family affair, is kind of what we're kind of gathering from this. But the law would require only Joseph to go. Rabbinical law would also not just require Joseph to go, but any male in his household, rabbinical law would say, who is 11 years old, and, and if not, if they can't go at 11, then they have to go at 12. And it was very important that the child would go and become familiarized with the temple, with its precincts, with the, the, the rituals of the Passover, and of course the Pentecost, and the Feast of Weeks, that they would witness these things so that when they become a bar mitzvah, or a son of the commandments, they wouldn't be, in a sense, a rookie. They'd have a couple years under their belt where they've seen these things take place, and then by their bar mitzvah or their 13th birthday, they can, of course, participate in this. So according to Edersheim, and, and you'll read in some commentaries that Jesus was probably bar mitzvahed by this time. According to Alfred Edersheim, who is the foremost authority on Jewish culture and studied Jewish culture during the time of Jesus, the, the bar mitzvah, according to the Babylonian Talmud and all the other, the Mishnah and all these other writings, was still at 13 back then, as it is today. And, and so Jesus was not bar mitzvah at this time, but he was there because he would have been, according to rabbinical law, re- required to go. Now, not just rabbinical law, but in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16 and 17, it tells us, three times a year, all your males, and, and this isn't just talking about adult males, it actually just, the word in, in the Greek can be a man-child or a child, just a male child or, or a man. It, it probably isn't talking about a young, young child, but an older child. And so he, here it says, all your males shall appear before the Lord in the place which he chooses at the feast of unleavened bread, at the feast of weeks, that's unleavened bread is Passover, a feast of weeks is Pentecost, and the feast of tabernacles, and they shall... 
and not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every male shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. So the place that God requires. Now, back in the day when this law was given, that was in the tabernacle. Remember the tabernacle went around the wilderness, it went with them, or they went with it, actually. As God's presence moved, the children of Israel moved, and, and they were to bring these sacrifices to the tabernacle. And once they were in the land, this was set up in Shiloh. And so they would go to Shiloh and they would make their sacrifices. And wherever the tabernacle was established, that is where they would bring their sacrifices. Now, of course, that continued until after the reign of David, when, when David gave to Solomon the, the instructions to build the house of the Lord. And so Solomon built his temple. And now all of a sudden, rather than just being amongst the children of Israel as they wandered around or in some place as a temporary tent where they would worship God, they actually had a temple that was built and, and Jerusalem became that place that every male was to appear before the Lord three times. And this is something that would really tie the children of Israel to the land. You you can think about it. Now, of course, they became very superstitious about the land. And any Orthodox Jew would understand that when I'm in the land, then I'm a child of Israel. But when I'm outside of the land, I'm a Jew. When I'm in the land, I'm blessed in fact, living in the land, it said, was said by the rabbis that if you live in the land, it's like keeping all of the Ten Commandments. If you're buried in the land, it's like being buried under the altar. These are some of the sayings that they had back in those days. And so they had a, this, this superstition towards the land and that if you lived outside of the land, even the dust from a Gentile land, if it blew in on you, you were unclean. This, this kind of gives you an idea of what Jesus was saying when he says, if, if they won't receive you, shake the, you know, dust the dust off your feet. You, know, you don't want to be part of an unclean house, in a sense. And this is what would have been going through their mind. And so it was very important for a Jew to live in the land. And of course, Mary and Joseph did, which gave them access to the temple, even though it was 100 miles away, still gave them access to the temple. It still gave them access to be able to go down there three times a year and bring the family along. And what a benefit that was. Could you imagine if you were a Jew and you lived in Rome or Corinth or, or, or Mesopotamia or somewhere on the outskirts of the, of the functional world, the Roman Empire, how hard it would be to keep these commandments for your, and only probably only the fathers would go and, and the sons once they were of age. But in this case, Mary and Joseph, they lived in the land so they can make it, it part of their family ritual. Now, I think that this is kind of a beautiful picture for us. Not that we become superstitious about things, but in terms of our, our own families, we kind of need to keep our families close, don't we? Close to the things of the Lord. And in, in a different way, not, not that we need to live in the land or live close to the church or anything like that, but, but that we would make sure that our kids are raised in the ways of the Lord, that they know the Lord, that they, they're experienced and that we take them to church and get them accustomed to those things. They become a part of their DNA and who they are. Because if we don't, then they won't. That's just the way that it is. And, and so one of the things that would have, they would have brought with them to this Passover was a lamb for his family, or if no, no lamb, if he didn't raise any, any cattle, then he would bring money in his hand to purchase a lamb 
so that he could get one at the temple. And, that, and that's something that they would do. Now, of course, remember last time, and of course it was different circumstances because they were kind of stuck in Bethlehem with the tax and everything. Hopefully Joseph's working regularly now up in Nazareth and they can afford the lamb. But last time they came and they offered the two turtle doves or the two young pigeons instead of a lamb. And, and you know, you think about that and you're like, man, it's just crazy that, you know, they, they, the son of God and they come to the temple to dedicate him and they can't even afford a lamb for his sacrifice. But somebody reminded me after first service last, last week that they did bring a lamb. They brought the lamb, right? And I thought, you know what? That is actually probably, they were probably being funny, but that's actually kind of significant to, if you think about it. Why couldn't they, why wouldn't, why wouldn't God allow them to bring a lamb? Because they were bringing the lamb. And certainly to this Passover celebration, they were bringing the lamb once again. And, you know, it says, don't come empty-handed. They were bringing the greatest treasure on heaven and earth, Jesus himself, as they came down to the Passover. Probably not even realizing, of course not realizing it. But, but just kind of a beautiful picture of, of this whole scene. Of course, Passover was that celebration of what God did when he delivered them from the land of Egypt. If you remember the story, there was ten plagues that came upon Egypt. That last plague was the death angel who passed over the land of Egypt and killed the firstborn of every household. And God warned them. He said, hey, take a lamb and, and, you know, and butcher it and take some of its blood and put it on the, on the doorpost and the lentil, you know, kind of a, in the shape of a cross. I, I think that's significant. And, and hide in your house. Be, stay in your house. Do not stray from your house. Stay in your house with your staff in your hand, your boots on your feet, your sandals on your feet. No boots. But that'd be cool, huh? The Israelites wore boots. They didn't. They wore sandals. Uh, your sandals on your feet. And, and eat your meal. You know, no leavened bread. You know, it was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. No leavened bread. Re- leaven represents sin. It mean, the idea was you're not going to have time to raise your bread because you're going to have to leave so quickly. And in the morning, they got up and they left. Egypt with a great company and and God had passed over the land of Egypt and there was mourning there was death in every single household in every Egyptian house it was death but the death passed over them and of course the symbol isn't lost on us you know of course the shape of the cross Jesus died upon the cross the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and those who have sin have escaped the bondage of sin or you know just like Egypt we've escaped the bondage of sin and we're let out into freedom Jesus being our Savior and the death angel will not look upon us because we have been saved from that wrath. And so it's it's kind of a beautiful picture. But this is what they were going to celebrate, the Passover meal. And it says, verse 42, And when he was 12, Jesus, 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And in this language, the grammar kind of implies that Jesus was too as custom, he would go with them, and it's specifically mentioned that he's with them because he's old enough to partake within those rituals and to go within the temple precincts. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.